Hey everybody, welcome to D&D Optimized, the show where each episode we take a deep dive into one specific character build for Dungeons & Dragons 5e and do our best to optimize it for you to give you the greatest numerical advantage for your chosen role. My name's Colby, thanks for being here. If you love theory crafting about character creation and Dungeons and & Dragons um, and or are looking for ideas for a new character build or a way to get the most out of a, an existing character that you have or um, you just love talking geeky numbers in a D&D setting, this show is for you. So again, thanks for being here. Today, we're going to talk about bards. Now, some of you may be thinking... In a show that's focused primarily, so far anyway, on um, damage and sustained damage in particular, uh, why are you talking about bards? Um, few reasons. One, primarily, actually, um, one of my subscribers on uh, on the, on, uh, on my YouTube channel, um, Kaltik Kalkit Kalkit the Bard. I hope I said that right. Um, made a request a long time ago. To do a show on bards, so here we are. Um, and bards are a lot of fun to play, and a ton of people love playing them um, for a variety of reasons. This particular build that we're going to talk about today was actually inspired somewhat by a good friend of mine that goes by the handle of Fuzzy Squirrel, so shout out to him as well. Um, so yeah, uh, bards actually, if you build them right, can do some pretty significant sustained damage that you can build them for burst or nova damage as well. Um, but but that's not generally, in my experience, in my opinion, uh, based on what I've seen, not generally why people play bards, right? It's not necessarily to do just the most damage. Um, you know, more often than not, you play a bard because you want to be the all-singing, all-dancing crap of the world. Uh, that's the Fight Club quote, I think, isn't it? Um, you Maybe you want to be the face of the party, do things that require high charisma. Um, there's always jokes and memes about all of the seducing that bards like to do. Uh, you know, play instruments, dance, perform, persuade, um, uh, maybe even intimidate. Um, but you know that that that's what the bards seem to do best, right? But also, they're kind of that jack of all trades, pretty good at just about everything. Not necessarily great at any one thing. Um, a lot of what they bring to a party is some great, you know, buffing abilities, things to kind of make their companion stronger or debuffing abilities, things to make the enemies weaker, while also, you know, peppering some damage here and there and, you know, doing some things. Um, that That's what the bard seems to kind of cater to. But when you think about, okay, how to optimize this character for damage, let's say you want to you want to do that, you want to be all of those things, but also maybe eke the most uh, sustainable damage per round that you can out of a character. Um, you know, you kind of got to think about, okay, well, what, what are the strengths and weaknesses of, of um, this particular character class? 
they they seem to me to be maybe naturally inclined towards more of a ranged damage approach for for sustained damage. Um, they're not super tanky, right? They don't naturally get a particularly high armor class or a large hit point pool. Um, and and it's almost hard for me anyway to imagine a bard for any bard character that I've seen played, whether on critical role or you know with my own friends or whatever. Um, you don't typically picture them as an in-your-face, mixing it up in the middle of the fight um, kind of play style. Not that they couldn't be, right? Get a kind of a swashbuckler type bard, right? But um, I think most of us, myself especially, imagine bards to be a little more subtle, a little more self-interested, maybe um, vain. Let the meatheads, you know, stick to the to the front line, stick their necks out, um, and I'll stand back here in in the back lines and play music to inspire my companions, um, cast spells, maybe uh, shoot some people from a, from behind cover where it's a little more a little more safe, um, or throwing daggers or whatever. So, with that in mind, that's kind of the approach that I took um, for for this sustained damage build uh, for the bard. So what kinds of things can we do to to kind of enhance uh, their, their, our, their, their strong abilities and maybe shore up their weaknesses too? Um, now, most of the time when you if, you, if you do a search, go on Reddit or whatever, some other forums and look for, you know, uh, optimized bard damage, um, the most common build I think that you'll find is generally a variation of fighter one, bard to at least ten, so that you pick up um, magical secrets as a bard ten, and that lets you take uh, a f- uh, at that point it would be up to a fifth level spell of another character class, uh, including ranger and paladin spells, and so everybody says, well, you go to bard ten, you take the ranger spell, swift quiver. And that lets you, as a bonus action, get two more ranged attacks. So you're getting two attacks for your normal action, plus two more attacks for your bonus action, four attacks, really quite strong, good sustained damage. Um, and I, I didn't want to do that. Because you're supposed to take Variant Human, and almost all of my builds so far have been Variant Human, and it's boring, I know. Um... And uh, you know, I, I wanted I wanted to do something else. I wanted I, I figure that if we're if we are optimizing a bard, we should be the best bard we can be first and foremost, and not necessarily do the most amount of damage possible. Although that's viable, and if that's what you want to do, we can do that, right? Um, but for for the character build that I that I did today. It, it's it's a it's a little variation on that on that concept that you see a lot, um, but instead of going variant human, we're going to be going changeling, um, because here's the thing with the changeling you can get um, you can start off with a 13 charisma, right? Uh, sorry, an 18 charisma. Um, you you point by a 15, and then you can get up to a plus three, and I'll get into this more in a little bit, but the idea was, well, you know, Bard's charisma is generally going to be their primary stat for their spells and, and things like that. However, that's not typically a damage stat unless you take a level into Warlock and you go with the Hexblade. 
as your patron because the Hexblade uh, is allowed to choose a weapon and use for that weapon their charisma score for their to hit and their to damage. And so it seemed like a perfect marriage of, you know, being able to, to um, not have to sacrifice by, by, you know, not having to choose, well, do I put points into dexterity or charisma if I want to be a better bard and be more persuasive and be a better face of the party and have my spells be stronger and all that kind of stuff, then I should go into charisma. Um, but if I want to do more damage, especially from ranged, then I need to go dex. But with one level in Warlock, you can start with an 18 charisma. Sorry, as a changeling, you start as with an 18 charisma, and then you take one level in Warlock. And right at level two, um, you are already at an 18 for for your most important stat that affects both kind of what you do from a roleplay perspective, maybe, and and also, you know, from a utility perspective, but also from a damage perspective. Um, so that's the way we're going. Uh, we're going changeling, we're going fighter one, warlock one, and then a bunch of bard levels. And, uh, and it's going to be really cool. We're going to be sitting at the back. We're going to be peppering people from ranged with a crossbow and, uh, and also inspiring and singing and being the all singing, all dancing crap of the world. So, without any further ado, I present episode 9, The Bard Locker. <laughs> the Bard Fighter Warlock. Um, right, so at level 1, you're going to start fighter, and that's for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, 10 hit points as a level 1 character is great. You get proficiency in all weapons and all armor, which is great. Um, you get better equipment to start off with to help you survive and do some damage and, and things like that. And so, um, yeah, and maybe most importantly, you get a fighting style, which you'll take and we'll get into in a second. Um, so we're going fighter at level one. And uh, for your race, again, like I mentioned, you're going to take changeling. Uh, changeling just feels like the perfect fit for a bard, in my opinion. First of all, you start with a plus two charisma and then a plus one in anything else you want, and we will do charisma. Um, so a plus three charisma. And um, they also get this cool shape-shifting ability, which just lets you kind of be someone that can be that can take on a disguise, basically, and, and pretend to be somebody else and just can lead to lots of great shenanigans and hijinks. Um, and, uh, and things like that that bards tend to love to get into, it seems. Um, again, if you wanted to maximize for damage, you'd be starting Variant Human. And I might kind of check in on the Variant Human build occasionally. Um, but starting off with an 18 Charisma that you will also be using in a minute uh, for your damage is, is, is a nice little boon. It's, it's pretty strong. Um, so... The fighting style that you take is going to be archery, like I mentioned, and that's going to give you plus two to your ranged weapon attacks, which is super strong, especially um, later on when we take a sharpshooter and really need that plus to hit. Um, your ability scores. So assuming point buy, I'd recommend buying a 15 charisma, of course, and then putting the plus three there, like I said, to start you off with an 18 charisma. 
Um, I would buy a 14 dex dexterity for uh, for some still uh, for some AC bonuses and initiative bonuses and other things. Always nice. Um, and a 14 constitution because everybody needs hit points. And after that, um, do what you want with the points. Um, as for equipment, okay, so fighters at level one can take chainmail. I would see if your DM will let you do a medium armor instead of a heavy armor. Um, primarily because with a 14 dex, you'll get a plus two bonus that you can take advantage of. And basically, you're, you'll, you'll essentially have the same armor class as you would with that chainmail. Um, but potentially even better, or at the very least, without suffering um, disadvantage on stealth check. So if you can get half plate, if your DM will let you take half plate, you can. Uh, breastplate, if not, and if not even that, then just scale mail. Your, your, your DM may say, well, those other two items are too expensive, so you can have scale mail. And then, worst case scenario, fine, you're still at a 16 uh, armor class. But if you can get half plate, um, you're going to be uh, higher. And uh, if, you're gonna, if you can get a breastplate, then at least you won't have disadvantage on, um, on your stealth checks. So, uh, you get two martial weapons, and I would recommend taking um, a heavy crossbow and a hand crossbow. Um, at level one, you're just going to be using that heavy crossbow to attack, um, and uh, you have to use your dex for hit and damage, and you're the worst level one character ever. Um, but just stay alive. Stay alive. Uh, see if your um, see if your DM. Another option you get is a is a potentially a light crossbow. You could maybe take a longbow there, um, since you're so full of crossbows. But it it doesn't matter really. Really, you, you, primarily the, the the most important thing here is the hand crossbow. Actually, we'll get into that in a second. So at level two, um, you're going to take your first level of warlock. Warlock one. And uh, you're going to want to go Hexblade as your, uh, as your patron. And Hexblade gives you some cool things. Um, first of all, you get Hexblade's Curse, which is nice. It's just uh, once per short rest, you cast, cast your curse on one enemy. And until you or they die, uh, or go unconscious at least, um, you get to add your proficiency bonus as damage for any hit that you make on that target if they if they die if and when they die you heal a little bit and also um, you get a crit a critical hit on a 19 or a 20 instead of just a 20 that's great um, but the reason we're here is for hex warrior so you touch a weapon that lacks the two-handed property therefore not a heavy crossbow or a longbow or a light crossbow or a short bow for that matter but the hand crossbow lacks the two-handed property so uh, now you can use your charisma for hit for you know plus to hit and plus to damage so you're switching to your hand crossbow here um, it's only a d6 but that's okay because it's it's better thanks to um, your plus four to hit and your plus four to damage. And pretty soon, we'll be able to get some extra attacks out of that um, once we can pick up a certain feat. Um, let's see, for spells, you know, take what you want. You probably want Eldritch Blast because you are a warlock and that would feel weird if you didn't have it. Um, I would take Hex, at least. That's going to give you some nice uh, additional damage. 
Um, and that's what I would be using for your concentration spell, uh, really, until you get um, Sharpshooter, which will come later. Um, so yeah, just hex everything, use that for concentration unless you need something else to buff your party or whatever, but that will add some nice damage uh, to each attack, an extra d6 um, every time you shoot somebody. Moving on, at level 3, finally, some bard levels. You are bard 1. This guy was a this guy was a fighter in the and he was he was in an army in the uh, in the archery corps and um and and he wasn't very good at hitting stuff and then one day his weapon started talking to him and then all of a sudden after that he got really good at uh at using his crossbow but then he realized that um he wanted to run away from the army and go um, perform in taverns for money for the rest of his life. It could happen. Um, all right, so at uh, Bard 1, um, you know, you get some spells and things. So pick up Fairy Fire, at least. You're going to want that. Um, it's helpful. Bardic Inspiration, super cool. I don't need to go into these things. Nothing here really to, uh, to bump your damage per round. Um, Gonna skip a uh, level four, so level five. I mean, at level four, bard two, jack of all trades, super cool. One thing that just makes a bard a bard. Um, you just all of your skills are are good, um, especially when you get expertise later. But anyway, um, at level five, you're a bard three, and you have to choose your bard college. Um, I'm going to recommend the College of Swords here. Um, it coincidentally doesn't require you to use a sword in order to benefit from its abilities. Um, but I guess if you if you would rather use your bardic inspirations to buff your allies all of the time, um, maybe go College of Valor instead. But swords is a little more selfish. It's going to let you do a little better damage yourself personally. Um, because you can use up your bardic inspirations to do what are called flourishes. Um, defensive slashing or mobile flourish, which basically lets you add at the cost of one of your inspirations, it lets you add your inspiration die as damage when you make an attack, when you land an attack, I should say. Um, and, and then also let you do some other cool things like bump your AC or hit another nearby enemy or let you move. Um, I'm not going to count this extra flourish damage when we go over the sustained DPR numbers because you only have as many as you have Bardic Inspirations. Um, but I will uh, use them, or I'll, I'll include them when I when I have Nova numbers or Burst Damage numbers, which are included in the graphs that I put together. Um, and, there, and I keep a Master Graph on all Nova builds that I've done, kind of comparing everything. Um, and again, you can see those, as always, in the show notes or in the video description. So, um, yes, College of Swords. At level 6, Bard 4, finally, we get a feat. Um, I'm going to recommend taking Crossbow Expert here, as opposed to bumping your Charisma. Um, crossbow Expert is going to, among other things, allow you to, as a bonus action, if you're using a handcraft crossbow, many of you know this, and especially if you watched my, um, my episode 2 on the fighter, the Crossbow Expert fighter, um, it lets you, as a bonus action, if you're using a one-handed weapon, 
take a shot with your hand crossbow. And since the hand crossbow is a one-handed weapon, it counts. So you get to take two shots with your hand crossbow if you take that feat. And two attacks per turn is really good at this level, and it's better than sharpshooter would be. Sharpshooter, which we'll take later, um, numerically is inferior to crossbow expert, at least right now. Um, so, damage report. Um, including the hex spell that you're using, and the two attacks with your crossbow that you get every turn, and your 18 dexterity, when uh, you're attacking an enemy with an armor class of 10, you'll be doing 22 damage per round on average. Not terrible. Uh, against an enemy with a 15 AC, it's 17 damage per round. Not great, but you're a bard. So be happy. <laughs> if you really, I mean, okay, so if you really wanted to optimize for damage, First of all, why are you playing a bard? Second of all, um, you can do better, right? So if we go with the, um, if we go with just the fighter one, and then bard five by now, um, you're going to be doing better um, because you will have sharpshooter at this point, because you get a free feat as a variant human, right? So you went variant human, you took a free feat. You took crossbow expert, and uh, and then now you're taking sharpshooter, and that gives you a plus ten to damage at the cost of a minus five to hit, um, and it works out to be thirty three against a you know a ten AC and twenty five against fifteen. Um, FYI, when I'm when I'm doing those master damage charts that I do, I'm going to be using that build, the optimized build for damage, because I want the bard to look as good as possible when compared to other classes. Um, but again, note that if you decide to go that route, um, your your charisma is going to be a 16 for pretty much the whole game, right until the end. So um, you're just not going to be as bardy. But that may be a trade-off that you're willing to take. So at your prerogative, uh, go ahead and go variant human. One other note as well, um, with the changeling build, because the, the reason that the other build is so strong, as I've mentioned, is because they get two feats early, even though um, you know you're, the changeling has uh, the higher the higher ability score for their for their primary ability, um, and and that's generally the case up until about level ten, um, at which point the builds really tend to be pretty even. As far as the sustained damage goes, the uh, the changeling build just tends to be kind of one level behind um, because you had to take that level in Warlock, right? Uh, so anyway, just FYI. Skipping ahead to level eight, uh, you are Bard six, and finally you get two attacks per turn. It took a while to get here. Um, but uh, now we're going to have three attacks each turn, right? You get two attacks when you make the attack action, uh, thanks to your uh, college uh, feature, College of Swords feature, and then again as a bonus action, an extra attack. If you had not taken Crossbow Expert first and instead went uh, Sharpshooter, you would only get one attack here, not even two, because um, Crossbows have the loading skill. 
and you that means you can only attack once per round even when otherwise you might be able to attack more than that and um you know you might be asking well why not go with a longbow instead of a hand crossbow and then you could attack twice per round right wrong because you're a warlock and only one level of warlock and um that means that you that your hexblade weapon can't be two-handed um, so that's why we're going crossbow, and that's why we went crossbow expert first, and not sharp shooter. Um, plus, getting a, a free attack on your bonus action is fantastic. Moving along, at level 10, bard 8, finally, we get our much uh, coveted sharpshooter feat. So again, sharpshooter is great. It lets you... Uh, at the cost of a minus five to hit, add 10 damage when you do hit. And your plus to hit is really quite good right now. Um, you have the archery from your fighter, archery fighting style, right, from your fighter level. So it's plus two. Your, your charisma has been 18, and so that's plus four. Your proficiency is four right now, too. So you're a plus 10 to hit normally. Um, and that's assuming you don't have a magic weapon by now. And so that'll only be plus five to hit with the sharp uh, sharpshooter feet. But again, you're getting advantage on every attack. You should be um, because you're casting uh, at this point. Anyway, you start using fairy fire um, to to give yourself advantage on your enemies. For those who don't know, fairy fire is a great spell. It prevents. It, it lets you see things that are invisible, or prevents people from going invisible. It's kind of cast in an area. And anything that you cast it on, if they fail their save, uh, is you're going to have advantage. You and everybody else, for that matter, in your party is going to have advantage on attacks against them. So, granted, um, unless the enemies always like to just bunch up together all the time and just stand there nicely while you cast Fairy Fire on them, um, you're probably not actually going to have advantage on every single attack right now. That'll change later. Um, but I'm just, when I crunch the numbers for the sake of simplicity, I'm just going to assume you have advantage. Um, and so that's what you're using for your concentration, meaning you're not going to be using Hex anymore. You're going to lose that D6 per attack that Hex was giving you, but thanks to the plus 10 flat damage that you get from Sharpshooter, it's much more important that you land your attacks. And at a minus 5 to hit, numerically, it just is better off to have advantage than it is to have that extra D6 from Hex. Um, so, uh, we're doing our damage report. Typically, we do them at level 9, but again, because we're one level behind with this build, I'm doing it at 10. Um, and you're, you're looking pretty good. Against a 10 AC, you're doing 51 damage per round. Respectable. Um, and against a 16 AC, you are doing 40 damage per round. Uh, again, pretty good. And by the way, the, the optimized build, the variant human version um, is the exact same here. It's just that they got there a level earlier. They, they were there by level nine. At level 11, uh, you are a bard nine. And um, I need to mention something. You, you get level four bard spells um, a, a couple levels ago, right? At, when you were level nine and a bard seven. Um, and I would definitely take greater invisibility there. Greater Invisibility um, lets you cast Invisibility, in this case, on yourself. 
for, for sustained DPR purposes, and thereby um, give you advantage when you on every attack when you make an attack. Now, it's a level 4 spell slot. You don't have a lot of them yet. So I mentioned fairy fire. Basically, if the enemies are grouped up, if you think they're not going to make their save, or you otherwise don't have a level 4 spell slot, use fairy fire to give yourself advantage. Um, but otherwise, you know, use greater invisibility on yourself. It's much stronger. Um, there's no save required, right? And uh, you don't have to cast it on the enemies themselves. You cast it on you. Now they can't see you, therefore you get advantage. And they, your enemies have disadvantage when they attack you because they can't see you. So very powerful spell and a great use of your concentration to give you advantage. In fact, it's what I'm going to recommend you use for pretty much the rest of your experience as uh, this character. And I'll explain why right now. <clears throat> so, at level 12, you are a fighter too. You're taking a level in fighter. Now, you may be thinking, level 12, bard 10, right? Finally, we get magical secrets. Um, we get swift quiver. Swift quiver that gives us, that. that's the hunter, or sorry, ranger um, level 5 spell that lets us take two extra ranged attacks as a bonus action and then we'd get four attacks per turn and that's so great and that's what everybody says I'm supposed to do but guess what you're wrong or they are <clears throat> um, and that is why analysis like this that we do on this show <clears throat> is so important <laughs> excuse me if every enemy had a 10 armor class sure but actually, guess what? No, even then, because there's a better option than Swift Quiver. Um, Paladins have a level 5 spell called Holy Weapon, and it lets you add 2d8 uh, to every weapon attack. You, you bless your weapon, and it lets you add 2d8 of damage to every successful attack that you make with that weapon. And when you crunch the numbers, 2d8 per attack is actually better than an additional weapon attack, even if you're using a heavy crossbow for that additional weapon attack, which we couldn't do because we're a warlock using our charisma, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, you crunch the numbers. The, 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 the swift quiver and the holy weapon are neck and neck up until about an enemy AC of 18, at which point the holy weapon is far superior. And, and as you gain levels, that will actually become more and more the case. At lower and lower ACs, Holy Weapon is better, to the point where it's just always better than Swift Quiver. But more importantly, when we're using Swift, uh, or sorry, Sharpshooter, when we're using Sharpshooter, because of that flat 10 damage that you get, but that with the minus 5 to hit, it actually is numerically superior at least at an enemy AC of 15 and beyond um, to have advantage and only three attacks with your hand crossbow as opposed to uh, you know no advantage but making four attacks you you need those hits to land and when they do they do so much damage um, so when you know we got to crunch the numbers and we got to look at your level and we got to look at enemy AC and when you do that you realize yeah at 15 and beyond I'm better off with advantage I'm just going to use my concentration to cast greater invisibility on myself not use my concentration for holy weapon or swift quiver because you only get one concentration right 
Um, so instead, keep yourself an advantage, and you're going to be better off at, a, at the mid and higher enemy ACs. Now, of course, if you are up against a bunch of enemies that have low armor class, like maybe a bunch of giants, it's not necessarily weak enemies that have low armor class, right? There's plenty of difficult enemies out there that are easy to hit, but they just have a, a ton of hit points and or do a ton of damage or whatever. So if you run into those enemies, absolutely. Um, you know, once you have it available to you, you don't yet, um, use Holy Weapon and go to town and, and you'll do superior damage. But um, by now at level 12, you know, 15 AC is, is fairly common and, and above. Um, and so most of the time you're going to be better off using greater invisibility to give yourself advantage to make sure that your hits land. Um, so at uh, level 12, again, we're taking Fighter 2, and uh, you pick up Action Surge, which is great. For those who don't know, when you, cast ac when you use Action Surge once per short rest, um, it lets you take an additional action on your turn. So for you, that means you're going to attack twice with your hand crossbow for your first action, attack twice for your second action, and then bonus action, a fifth attack. Um, so that lets you put out some pretty nice um, burst damage on demand. At uh, level 13, this is the reason, the primary reason why we're continuing into fighter here, um, you get your fighter archetype. And um, I'm going to recommend Rune Knight. I've used this in a few other builds, um, so you may be familiar with it by now. Again, Rune Knight is an unearthed arcana, meaning that it's officially put out by Wizards of the Coast, but it's not, it kind of lives in that sort of official, unofficial, not totally play-tested um, realm, and so it wouldn't work for Adventure League and things like that, for example. Most DMs, in my experience, are fine with Unearthed Arcana. Both DMs that I've played with are. Um, hopefully yours is too. If they are, go Rune Knight. If they're not, I would actually probably just go back to bard levels here. I mean, there are other things you can get that are great, um, you know, Battlemaster, things like that, but I just think at this point you're better off rushing to uh, higher bard levels personally. But assuming you can get Rune Knight. Rune Knight's great. <clears throat> it gives you some great runes that are etched into your weapons or armor that give you some nice utility and or damage. I'm not going to get into it, but they're kind of like spells. They're really cool and fun. Um... But uh, for our purposes, you get the giant might feature, which lets you grow, which, by the way, works really well with the changeling shape-shifting thing that you've got going on. Um, but you grow and your weapons do more damage, uh, a d6 of damage for every attack. Um, and it's usable twice per long rest, so it's pretty sustainable. Um, and that's just going to be some nice, uh, nice bump to your DPR. So damage report at 13 against a 10 AC enemy. You're going to be doing 64 damage per round. And against an enemy with a 17 AC, you're going to be doing 49 damage per round. Um, so you're getting up there. All right. At level 14, you are finally a bard 10, and you do finally get your magical secrets. Um, which is really cool. So for those who don't know, Magical Secrets uh, basically lets you take two spells, at this point anyway, uh, of any other spellcasting class as long as you have the spell slots for it. 
So right now you've got level five spell slots, um, and so you can take any other classes level five spell. And the reason why people think that ranger and paladin spells are the best here is because that's the max level for rangers and ranger and paladin spells. So the, their most powerful abilities are reserved for level five spells. Um, again, I'd take holy weapon. Like I mentioned, I think it's better than swift quiver. Um, it's not a huge difference. If you love swift quiver for some reason, go for it. Um, and but but again, really, you're just going to be using it against lower armor class, easier to hit enemies. Um, it will do better DPR there, but otherwise, greater invisibility. Um, of course, you know these are concentration spells, and I'm I'm just talking about your sustained DPR. It's very possible that you'll be using your concentration for something else, like polymorph or hold monster or uh, you know something else to, to give a buff to your allies or a debuff to your enemies, um, like all good bards do. But know that these are the options, know which ones are best for which scenarios so that you know you can know when to really shine and, and uh, be the strongest you can be. Um, also at Bard 10, your Bardic Inspiration die is a D10. It jumped to a D8 at some point and I failed to mention it, but uh, anyway. That's great. can give some nice benefit for you or for your allies. Skipping ahead to level 16, Bard 12. Finally, finally our charisma is capped. We've been taking all of these feats. Um, now, of course, you could have taken a Fighter 4 a few levels ago uh, to cap your charisma earlier. Um, but... Uh, I really wanted to get to Bard 14 as soon as possible because, um, jumping ahead, level 18, Bard 14, um, we get our ultimate uh, College of Swords feature here. And it's a good one. Um, it basically lets you use a flourish on every attack without expending uh, one of your bardic inspirations, right? You've got at this point you've got five bardic inspirations because it's just your it's your uh, charisma modifier, um, and that's fairly limited. That granted they renew on a short rest, but um, you know you you don't want to just hog them all to yourself. Uh, you're there to inspire others. So now you get um, to do a flourish on every attack. It's only a d6 instead of your normal d10 that it would be if you used the bardic inspiration. But hey free d6 on every attack. That's fantastic. Um, really is a nice bump to your DPR, and so we'll do our final damage report. Um, again, behind a level, we usually do it at 17, but um, here we're doing against a 10 AC, 79 damage per round. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, and 64 against uh, an 18 AC, so it hasn't dropped by much because um, your plus to hit is is so strong, and and again, you're you're you've got advantage, right? Um, by the way, if you go holy weapon here instead of greater invisibility against enemies uh, with you know a low AC, you're breaking a hundred damage per round as a bard. That's kind of freaking awesome. So congratulations to you. Um, I haven't been talking about Nova damage numbers, uh, burst damage numbers. Uh, they Again, I, I will put them in the comparison chart, but just kind of as a capstone to all of this, in case you were wondering, yes, when you're using Action Surge and you're using all of your College of Swords flourishes, um, 
you do have the potential for some really strong Nova damage. Um, just for fun, at level 20, using Holy Weapon, you are averaging 193 damage in a single turn if every hit lands, right? And that's that's kind of a big if, but again, against lower AC targets, that's not unlikely. So you're almost hitting 200, um, which is right up there with some of the some of the stronger Nova damage builds. So, anyway, I had a lot of fun building this. Um, final thoughts, you know. This 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 build I think is is a great way to kind of be your best self as a bard, and also, you know, kind of hold your own uh, on the damage when you need to do damage when you're not using dissonant whispers and using your bonus actions for inspiring others and and all of those other great things that bards do. If you need to pump out the damage, you can really pump out the damage and keep up with, uh, you know, with a lot maybe even most of you know the other characters in your party and in fact you probably surpass some of them um so it's a lot of fun you still get to to do all of the great bardy things but also um you know pepper your enemies with lots of hard-hitting pistol shots from your hand crossbow so i hope you guys enjoyed it um i'm not going to really go into dm tips here i think a we're running a little long and b the character build I don't think is particularly unbalanced or overpowered so dungeon masters just let your bards be be bards and and have fun and uh you know I'm sure you can come up with plenty of ways to uh, provide them challenges if you find that they're unbalancing your encounters or your campaigns um so that's it for the show thanks everybody so much for for watching I really appreciate it um as always Please subscribe, like, share, comment, uh, review, all of the things that uh, that help us, you know, get this show out there and, and potentially maybe um, might make it something that uh, I could make a few pennies on. That would be fabulous, but that's not why I do it. I do it because I love it and I have fun doing it. So uh, reach out to us on social media, D&D Optimized, uh, or email us, uh, dndoptimized at gmail.com. Uh, or, you know, even in the comments and feel free to interact, you know, question something. Um, I'm, I'm pretty responsive. Uh, you know, if you um, think that I've made a mistake or if you have a, an idea for how to make a particular build, this particular build even stronger or better or have a question about something, you know, I like to, to, to have the conversation and to engage. Um, and of course, if you have a build that you would like me to try and optimize, I'm happy to take a stab at it. Um, give me as many details as you can so that I know exactly what you're looking for and what, you know, if you have a specific idea in mind for multi-classing or race or, you know, what your goal is and things. Give me as many de- details as you can and I will do my best to optimize it for you. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day.